Great news for Informed Pregnancy Plus subscribers. Dive into our Core Connection course included with your subscription. Hosted by Natalie Headings, a pre- and postnatal exercise specialist and ACSM certified personal trainer, she's an incredible teacher. This five-video series equips you with essential insights to understand what your pelvic floor and core are, how they work, and how to enhance pelvic floor and core strength and proper function during and after your pregnancy and birth. Learn about pelvic floor basics, key postural adjustments, effective muscle releases, and breathing techniques for a healthier core and floor. Don't wait. Visit informedpregnancy.tv and get started with the invaluable core connection today. Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin. Hey guys, if you like our show, do me a favor and take a moment to share us with your friends and leave a rating and some feedback in your podcast app. I'm super excited to be sitting in the studio with today's guest. She's an actor who broke out with her first starring role on the Australian fantasy drama Beastmaster, everyone's favorite. Soon after, she landed a role as the alien Tess in the hit series Roswell, and then went on to play Claire in ABC's Emmy Award-winning series Lost. She's appeared on the big screen in several films and recently wrapped up seven years of portraying the warm and loving Belle on ABC's Once Upon a Time. She is a most adorable toddler and is currently very pregnant. Emily Duravin, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. It's always funny listening to stuff about yourself. Really? <laughs> I mean, it's all big accomplishments. Uh, yeah. You know, I have to clear up something just right off the bat, just a random fact. You are of the ravine. You have nothing to do with the large, hefty, black, crow-like bird. No, it's, yeah, of the ravine. Of the ravine. Which I used to think was super romantic. Um, Why did that change? Because then I looked up the meaning when I was about nine. And it's what a ravine is a ditch with a bit of water. Oh, yeah, that's, that's not as. <laughs> I was like, a ravine, it's oh. so cool and French, just mm. like my ancestors Dravin. of the ditch. Oh. Well, it's not the big hefty crow. Well, no, I guess, well, would that be better? Should we Raven? change it? Raven? I don't know. Raven. A lot of Americans say Deraven. I would have said the raven. To, like Deraven is what I grew up with. Raven, so Deraven. it's not Raven either. Deraven. I mean, neither are right because neither you know neither are with a French accent. I'm glad that Deraven. Deraven. That's what I would have said, but that makes me yeah. hungry for food. I don't know why anything anybody speaks French or Chinese, I get hungry. I don't speak Chinese. Well, French. Sorry. A little, Do you speak French? No, not really. A little bit. I learned and I was really good. And then if you don't use it, then I just it just kind yeah. of went out the window. Uh, a little ditch with some water in it. That's great because I've, I've been looking for – it's our anniversary tomorrow, actually. And I've been looking Is for – Is it? Yeah. Oh, congrats. How many yeah. years? 22. Wow. I'm starting to get the hang of it. Just now. Yeah. yeah. It takes yeah. a minute. 
Uh, oh my mm-hmm. God, I don't want to waste any time. So much that I want to ask you about. I want to know okay. where you came from and how you came to knock your career out of the park. Number two, your first pregnancy, your birth and your motherhood experiences. And number three, your current pregnancy and birth plans. Each one of those could easily be an hour podcast. So I'm going to jump right in. Where are you from? I'm from Melbourne, Australia, and grew up in and around Melbourne, within with, like an hour from the city. With Caramel Koalas. Yes, and and uh, Fredo frogs. The Fredo frogs, both Fredo of those. Frogs and uh, somebody brought me. I mean, and Vegemite, which does not. <laughs> not sound, together. That would be gross. That would, sounds. They sound. Vegemite sounds gross all by itself. No, it's so gross. It, that's what everybody from Australia says. I love it. Vera, my daughter, my toddler loves it. She does. It What's in it? It's it's like it's like a, it's like fermented. It's the, the yeasts that are fermented from making beer. Initially, is how they found this sort of magical substance at the bottom of whatever they make the beer brew? in. Yeah, ages, like years and years and years ago. Oh. It's not how they make it now, but it's like this <laughs> sludge and people are like, mmm, that's mm, good. Delish. Mm. And it's got lots of vitamin B in it and they got a little fancy song they used to sing on the commercials in the 50s. Really? Look it up. It's got a whole history. It's that's really right. cool. I mean, somebody Puts saw a rose it. in every cheek was their slogan. A rose in every <laughs> cheek. Yeah, they're like, yeah. Puts okay. a rose in every cheek. Do, do, oh. do. Maybe they could be a sponsor. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, somebody saw a chicken come out of an egg and thought to eat it. So I guess, you know. It's all got to start somewhere. Pioneers. Yes. Food pioneers. So you grew up in a, and then Fredo Frog and Caramel Koala, somebody brought some for me. And uh, I don't travel much, but it made me sort of want to go to Australia. But then I realized the flight <laughs> is like 500 hours. They're the reasons you want to go. That's terrible. Well, that's it's, awful. It's, that's the way yeah, to my heart. It's, a, it's far. <laughs> but you can go direct. If you can sleep on a plane, it's not bad. I can't sleep on a plane. Okay, we'll figure that out. And then Maybe once in a while, first class, I can sleep up there. Yeah. In a regular seat, I'm just lucky to squeeze in, and I try not to get out the entire flight. What about just in the galley? Just like Just land the, yeah. Maybe I should be a flight attendant. Ah. So you're from Australia. Yes. And then um, when, what was growing up there like? It was awesome. I had a great, I had a great upbringing. Lots of outside time. My parents, excuse me, we never had you know, a farm or anything, but we always had a ton of animals. And the two properties I was raised on predominantly until I was about... 12 um both were a couple of acres we had like a, we had a shetland pony we had a donkey oh, who really? i called eeyore when i was like two we had uh, chickens and um rabbits briefly mainly chickens and the horses and cats and dogs we only had for a little bit cats we always had was it birds like, like we had an aviary was it like a working donkey or just like a hangout donkey like shrek had a donkey just like shrek yeah hmm. just like shrek <laughs> um no just for yeah just to have because we had the land and you know is that where my, i guess my mom's things? an animal lover she still wants an alpaca i'm like mm. oh an alpaca i just <laughs> went to an alpaca farm oh did you they're it was so amazing. sweet they're kind of sweet but they slobber when they eat yeah. And the they cannot line. be. Maybe that's the wrong, that's the wrong word. They're, they can be, yeah, they're very, they they're be, very pretty. They can be they aggressive can be with aggressive. each other, yeah. 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 But they're really, they're really cute to yeah. look at, and they're so soft. They're very soft. But no, I had, I was, I always, I mean, I still love the outdoors, but I, I was always outside. Did you grow up with yeah. TV? Yeah, but not, I don't know, not much. Not mm. like, not at all, um. Oh, I have to be home from school to watch something. I was never that kid. It was just there. And it was just there. I mean, there was certain things I liked. We have a show called Play School, which is like a kind of like a Mr. Rogers, I guess, that I oh. watched when I was little. That show's really cool, actually. It's really educational and 
you know, they make things. It's not, it's a slow moving singing songs kind of show for little kids. But then um, as I grew up, I was never really into kids stuff when I was watching it anyway. I really liked, what did I like? I liked I Dream of Jeannie oh, yeah. and Bewitched and I Love Lucy. Oh, yeah. They were my shows that I liked to watch sort of between, I don't know, seven and ten when everyone else was like, oh, my God, we got to watch Melrose Place. <laughs> and I'm doing a... um, so and then were... I got into Hitchcock films, too, oh, quite wow. early on. Like well, guess an early teenager? Yeah, yeah, I guess early teenager, but right, right before. Just like mystery, murder mysteries were always. I still love murder mysteries. Hmm. You went to high school in Australia as well? I went to my grade school in Melbourne, and I completed high school, but I did it through doing full-time ballet. Oh, you not a like not by yeah. I did you dance as a little kid? No, my my mom took me when I was about Vera's age, around two, two mm-hmm. or something. That's pretty little. I hated no, I hated it. <laughs> oh. I went one time and never went back. And then I started. I was a really super active kid, so I started doing really well with gymnastics at school. And when I was about eight, they scouted and for um, this Olympic training group for gymnastics, and they took me. I mean, not like. Me. They took me. <laughs> they took we, me. We'll have to take the child. <laughs> they asked if I wanted to go train at this Olympic training place for where you go, I guess. For gymnastics. Yeah, when I was eight. So I went, I did that for about six months, and the joy just left it because it just became such a, okay, you're going for an hour before school, and the place is an hour away from where you live, and, yeah. it's, and then an hour after school. It was just... Yeah, and it was just um, the joy of movement, and you know, I liked I liked bar routines, I liked the floor routine stuff. So I was always more drawn to the the dancier aspect of it as opposed to like a vault or something. And I don't know, kind of just fell out of like with it. And as much as my mum's always um, encouraged me to do well at what I do, she's never pushed me if I don't mm. like something. So we just stopped doing it. <laughs> and then I thought, well. I'll try ballet again and then just fell completely in love with that at nine. And so once I hit high school age, I was doing just full time. And um, my dad, who was a doctor, a GP, he sort of stayed down. We were we were like an hour and a half outside the city where we were living. Hmm. And to go to like the good ballet schools, they were all much closer to the city. Or oh, you the studied city. ballet so, like, for real. Yeah, so I, my mom and I sort of traveled around to these different ballet schools for the next, like, five, six years until I was, like, 16. And we'd sort of um, – we'd and then I'd do, like, uh, what do you call it? Home education, distance education, it's called there, mm-hmm. where you do – you have time if you're at, like, a full-on, full-time ballet school. They give you some time during the day. For studies. For studies, and then the rest you do at home. Ends up being most of it. <laughs> you have to do it at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started, we have the Australian Ballet School, which is, I don't know, I suppose New York City Ballet School is the biggest in the States, though you guys have such awesome companies out here and there's quite a lot of them. For us, like the big Australian company is the Australian Ballet Company and that's in Melbourne in the city and they start doing, I don't know, probably around 10 years old, like an associate program where you can do like a class with the ballet school teachers, like Mm. the official ballet school teachers once a week because they have a three-year course before you cross your fingers and hopefully get into the company, right? So I got into that and did that and then I got into the school 
which was a three-year course um, when I was 15, I guess, just shy of 16. And I completed a year and then decided I, I don't know, I didn't really fall out of love with it. I fell in love, I think, a little bit with being a teenager. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the ideal. They seem not that compatible. <laughs> the, the idea of wanting, I don't know, I was like, I'm going to be an actor. So I decided I'd buy these acting books and do a week workshop <laughs> with NIDA, which is this like friggin' fantastic acting school. Another whole thing, like you'd go there for years and study if you were going to study, study. A serious acting. actor. Yeah, I guess I'm not a serious actor. I don't know, but I'm, just, I'm saying at the time you just did a. Yeah, a, they, a, do, a they travel around workshop. Australia and do like, yeah, little workshops for younger people. So I did that to see if I liked it and to see if they thought I was any good. Got my VHS tape of my monologues. Of, what did I do? I did something from Clueless. And then I did a scene with other people from, um, from uh, Breakfast Club. OMG, do you still have them? I do somewhere. I, I want to see them. I need to pull them out. <laughs> I need to convert I so it from VHS. See that. I can convert it for you. Oh, wow. Yes. You're like, Okay. Very talented. You are very talented. With old stuff. With old stuff. <laughs> Don't give me that newfangled uh, stuff. Yeah. What's that phone that has but, no buttons? Um, yeah. Anyway, and then I, I, I don't know what happened from there. Oh, okay. I had I had a cousin. I still have a cousin. She lives in L.A. She's a lot older. She's my mother's sister's daughter. Okay. And my parents were a lot older, so... Basically, everyone except me is a lot older, or my family, or <laughs> yeah. deceased. Yeah, because um, your siblings are, are much older than yeah, you. Yeah. I have two older sisters from a separate marriage. Mm-hmm. Who are, one's 16 years older, one's 17 years older. Right. So I'm actually closer in age to my eldest nephew. Wow. It's yeah. kind of funny. Um, but so I came out to L.A. just to be like, I'm going to check it out here. <laughs> when what I age was, was that? I think I was just shy of 17. Oh, wow. Just shy of 17. And I came out and stayed with my cousin and just kind of, I don't know, I had all these places that I had written down. Yeah, I was basically 17. I'd written down all these places that I was going to check out and all these things I was going to do. Like, okay, have all these things written from this magazine, this magazine. This is where you should eat. This is where you should go hang out. And this is this casting director and this and this. And started to kind of familiarize myself was, were, a little were bit. Were people with you? Did your family come with you? My mom came your out. Mom came and and then I was with my cousin. Your cousin. And her okay. husband, staying with them. Um, and uh, yeah, then I, I went back home. And then I went on some auditions and got that Beastmaster job where uh-huh. I got to wear green body f- paint and wear backwards feet. My favorite. Oh, my <laughs> God. I need a picture of <laughs> that, too. And... Tr- and tr- you obviously don't follow me on Instagram. Very, oh, is it on there? It's very depressing. I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know. Probably. I think I've probably posted like a flashback. You're jotting that down in your notes. <laughs> yes. I want pictures uh, and video. And wait, uh, what, and is, what is this in- Instagram thing you speak of? <laughs> don't worry. It's newfangled. <laughs> okay. Forget it. Um, so I, I got that job, which was sort of, I don't know, working on that show. I did. I think I, I think I auditioned for maybe like three or four jobs, and that was one of them. And it just kind of happened, and I got it. I was I was going to do that, or I was going to do Neighbors, but Neighbors, who wanted me to test for Neighbors, which is a huge show over in Australia. It's like a huge evening soap opera. It's oh. been on for like years and years, decades and decades. Neighbors and Home and Away. Okay. 
And but then they told me, yeah, so it's a ten year contract. I'm like, what? Whoa. I'm like, I'll be, I'll be like in my, I'll be like twenty seven. Yeah, well, when what? you're seventeen, ten years is like, like <laughs> even like now, but then, then, yeah. So I was like, yeah, no, no. So I did the, the one, the other one, did Beastmaster, and that was a that was such a fun gig, and it wasn't every episode, but it was you know it was quite a few of them, and for about a year, year and a half. Then I got a call from the States because I was playing an American demon. Mm-hmm. She was an American demon. Probably like the worst accent I've ever done because everyone <laughs> on that set was Australian, uh-huh. including uh-huh. the dialogue coach. So that didn't really help. Um, and um, I got a call to audition for Roswell, which was an American show because they're like, oh, hey, can she come in thinking that. I lived here. Oh, they didn't realize you were there. Yeah, they thought I was American. And then I was like, oh, cool, I'll, I'll come back out. And it was pilot season as well, just when everything new cast. So came out and got, got that it. job, which was like seven episodes. Uh-huh. And then thought, oh, well, I'll be going home after that. But um, I, they made it, they extended the contract to be a series regular, so I stayed on that oh, that's job. That's really and, cool that they and called you. Up. Yeah, kidding. It was it was awesome. I'm I'm so it yeah, it everything just kind of fell into place. This whole thing that I, I had this whole planned journal though of all right, I'm going to get this agent, I'm going to bring this tape and give it here and I think at some point I made up a fake resume with like fake Australian commercials oh. that I had never done and See, given to casting directors. Welcome to America. That's what that's what we do. Yeah, like we the, can't get away with that now. Standard. People would just google it. Back then they'd be like, "Oh, of course she must have done." That. People still try. <laughs> Uh, and then you just grew and grew. I mean, you've had yeah. some pretty phenomenal roles. Yeah, I've been I've been very lucky. I mean, it's a lot of hard work. ABC's going to be strange uh, without you. What is? ABC. ABC. Yeah. Oh, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know. What are they doing? Um, you're one of the weird people. I mean, you're not weird. It's, it, <laughs> Thanks, one, of, it's uh, the, one of the people who I met on TV before I met in real life and then didn't realize that you were the same person because I'm my face blindness. Right, which I find fascinating. Well, it's a weird thing. It is a very weird thing. It's kind of cool. But and then also one of your, uh, and also one of your once upon a time friends who my wife watched. I I also have a very hard time watching TV because I can't tell the characters apart either. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I don't really watch that much TV. But my wife was watching Once Upon a Time religiously, and I had no idea first of all that you were on it. Or that... Uh, oh, Ginny. Yeah, right? Ginny was on it. That's well, funny. I also got to meet in person. You were telling me, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this show once upon a time. And then you mentioned that she's on I'm like, oh, my goodness. I, it just, like, blew me over. That's that so I've been funny. watching you guys for so long. Anyway, that's just weirdness about me. Um, <laughs> and then movies. How do you like movies versus TV? I like both for different reasons, I guess. It's more it's more about what the character is and who the people are you're working with. Rather you than know, the process rather of the format? Than the, yeah, I mean, the what I like about a film, or what kind of film too, because like an independent film, you've got even less time to shoot. You're even more rushed than mm-hmm. episodic TV. If you're on like a decent length feature film with a good big budget and you've got more time, that's nice because you've got more time to spend and you don't feel rushed. And but on the time first side, doesn't it ever feel like – you do it, and it takes so long before it shows up anywhere. Does that gap ever bother you? Yeah, I guess you feel you versus feel that. TV, which is like you just do it and it's well, out. No, but there's a there's a gap with TV too. I mean, it's a less of a gap, yeah, but it's still gap. it's still like a 
month or a couple of months sometimes. And then now, like... But it looks like the films could be a year or more. Yeah. yeah. The time you or never, it. too. Like, you know, or if never. you're making something, you don't That's know if it's weird. ever going to get seen. I mean, mo- most stuff now you can find, I guess. But, you know, if you're doing something independent, it's got to then be picked up by a distributor. Hmm. And then, you know, then they sort of... They're responsible for releasing it however they want to. But I like both. Yeah. Um... Where were you in your career when you got pregnant the first time? I was I was doing Once Upon a Time. I think I was probably on season. No, I was. I was doing season. We just started season five. Yeah, we just started season five of Once Upon a Time. And then your character wasn't pregnant. No, I start. I literally found out on the drive up. <laughs> my fiance and I drove up to Vancouver that time because. Um, you know, it's nice to have a car up there, so we'd leave one of the cars up there. Uh-huh. And that was that's when I found out, but I didn't tell them until I was 12 weeks. So I was shooting for whatever, you know, three months. So on Lost, you were not pregnant, but your character was. Yes. On Once Upon a Time, you were pregnant, but your character wasn't. But they made her pregnant. Later. They Yeah, well, the timing didn't quite work. <laughs> <laughs> they... They um they wrote it, so I'm like, oh, hey, okay, 12 weeks, right, rolls around. It was perfect timing because I was just about to start filming this totally Bell-centric, my character Bell episode, all me, lots of stuff. They had me doing all these things. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> and then the dates came up, and I'm like, oh, perfect. I can tell them literally the day before. <laughs> FYI, <laughs> don't put me in that boat. Um, <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> So they're like, oh, oh, that's awesome, you know, super supportive. Adam and Eddie, who created it, they're great friends, awesome guys, whatever. They, they're like, well, we'll let you know if we're going to, you know, hide it or write it in. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, cool, great, you know, thinking it'd be so fun to actually play your right pregnancy. Yeah. Having, like you said, done it so much on Lost and like really played the physicality of it on Lost too, birthing. Twice. Right. Actually. So let's let's hold but, on for one second. Just go to Lost first. Birthing twice. Well, because there was all these sideways flashes and back flashbacks oh, once and stuff. In, once so. on the island and once, once in, on a rock, a very large rock, the birthing rock, the black rock. The birthing rock. And, was, <laughs> and then once like backstage at a concert. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, but then you had never but, been pregnant. You didn't. Right. So it was all just research and kind of. Honestly, just going with what I thought my body would do, which apparently worked out pretty well. Well, how do you research? It's um, watching. That, watching. Watching, watching actual birth yeah. videos? Yeah. And seeing how people... Yeah. Well, there's no point watching like a, you know, rom-com birth. Uh-huh. Like, ah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's here. And it's uh. got like a little bit of jam on its head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's what we use though, actually. We rub the babies with jam and cream cheese. Oh, there's, there's real so, babies. Yeah, yeah. So they pop they out from under your skirt. Just little, like I wonder that. how you audition for that role. I don't think they have to do too much. No? I don't think so. Mm. They just have to like lick the cream cheese. <laughs> um, um, and but, not be too sensitive to dairy. Uh, yeah, right. Do you also work with like professionals when you're getting ready for to no? You well to just make sure I, it's, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, I didn't, and it wasn't offered to me. Not that I'm upset about it, but. Uh, I'm sure if you were doing a big budget studio film and it was revolving around a woman's pregnancy and birth, they would probably hire someone to maybe, I don't know. But you don't know. You just watch some videos. You're like, yeah, I can can do it on a rock. I I can do it at a concert. I can do it. It's like sort of I will not eat green eggs in here. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, but then and also, one, but then Claire one. loved, I read this random fact, Claire loved peanut butter, but you're allergic to peanut butter. Yeah, they, that was that was interesting. Yeah, they had to, they, I think they had peanut butter on set, and then they had to switch it out for whatever, like, cashew. Are you not butter. allergic to other nut butters? No, I'm not. Really? Because peanut, well, peanut? peanuts are not a nut. They're a le- they're a, um, a legume. A legume. Mm. Legume? I don't know, because you said Do French. Do you say dra- legume? Dravin? Do you say dravin? I say legume. Legume. I don't know. I don't uh, really whatever. say it ever. I, they're not a nut, though. So, yeah. They're, I say they're, I say donut. Donut. <laughs> That's my favorite kind of nut. <laughs> Ooh, I should get donuts. Mm. Sounds good right now. Ooh. Um, yeah, but once well, once upon a time was a whole other thing. They, they decided to write, in a nutshell, they decided to write it in told me that kind of actually not long after I told them I was pregnant. And I'm like, oh, this is so exciting. And then I keep getting scripts and it's not in it's there. It's not there. <laughs> keep getting, getting bigger. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, they think they, I think I was about seven months pregnant, six and a half months, seven months pregnant. Like super, you could obviously tell I was pregnant. And it was written in and I had to do this scene with, with Robert Carlyle who was like, Rumpelstiltskin slash the Beast, my lover, Mr. Gold, many people, but yeah. the baby daddy being like, I mean, he's told me because he's, I don't know, he saw it in a magic ball or something. He's like, You're pregnant. I'm like, What? <laughs> As my stomach's literally, like, my belly is touching him. I think we got one takeout with not cracking up. And I'm holding another character's infant over my belly. Oh, well, that's funny. That's funny. So that, yeah. And then I had to pad myself a little bit after. Because you had the baby. To then come back the next season and give birth to the baby. That's yeah. crazy. So you <laughs> so you first played a pregnant woman without having been pregnant. You gave birth twice without ever having given birth. Then you are pregnant but not playing a pregnant woman until they write in your pregnancy and, and you're almost done being pregnant and then you come back. Yeah, what's next? Play the pregnant woman while you're postpartum. Yeah, yeah. At least they didn't have me doing it too long. That was my biggest fear. I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to come back with a three-month-old and have to – that would be – can you imagine just, like, feeling like you're getting your body back again? You're not pregnant. pregnant and then you're like, ah. here's your pregnancy belly. They didn't really do that. It was only very brief. So. You're not going to believe it. It's time for our first break. Oh, our, my God. Our only break. Um, we're going to come right back with Emily Dravin. 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 How would you say it? You, know, you, can, you, can, you can pick one if you like. Dur- Deraven is how I okay, say it. Okay, we're going to be right back with Emily Deraven <laughs> on the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by an innovative product that's made a big difference for parents and babies alike. Dr. Mom Butt Bomb. As a parent of four, I've had my fair share of battles with diaper rash, often resorting to thick, unpleasant pastes. I only recently discovered Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, and I was immediately impressed by its pleasant consistency and ease of application. This pediatric-approved skin protectant is free from dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, making it perfect for your baby's sensitive skin. It's designed by a doctor who's also a mom, ensuring your little one gets the gentlest care. A small dab is all it takes to soothe and protect, avoiding the mess and hassle of traditional treatments. With ingredients like dimethicone and petrolatum, Dr. Mom Butt Bomb not only soothes, but also restores your baby's delicate skin. Available on Amazon.com and Walmart.com, it's the smart choice for every parent wanting to keep diaper rash at bay. Remember, with Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, nothing comes between you and your baby. 
not even diaper rash. Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin, and we're continuing our chat with the lovely and talented Aussie, Emily DeRavin. Uh, talk to me about pregnancy. So we talked a little bit about how you were just uh, acting while you were pregnant, but how was pregnancy, you know, first of all, how did you find out? With my first pregnancy, yeah. how did I find out? Um, just took a test. I was we actively trying? Yeah, we were actively trying. Um not crazy making trying, but yeah, trying. Uh, and I just felt, I just, it, I get, okay, it stems from, so we drove up, it was on the drive up from LA to Vancouver mm-hmm. for filming, like whatever, the season five of Once Upon a Time. And um, Eric, my fiance, we'd stopped and we stayed overnight somewhere and he's like, I think, yeah, he's like, I think you might be pregnant. Your boobs look bigger. And I'm like, no, they don't. They don't look any different, which they didn't to me at all. Mm. And you know, you know your own body pretty well. I was like, whatever. And then, you know, the next couple of days, I think we stopped. Oh, we stopped at that cool place that they shot The Shining at. Oh. That lodge. Um, I can't think what it's called, but that place is awesome. And we ate. We ate something really yummy, but I just I just felt so sick and went threw up in the toilet. I'm like, okay. That's, that looks like a I bad. It was a bad throw up. It was not like, and that's not me. I don't throw up at all. Like, I okay. just don't. I'm not. I've got a good non-gag reflex. So. Does that make you think maybe? Yeah, so then I was like, okay, yeah. we should keep feeling so we just drive. Let's let's stop and get a test. So I went into whatever Walgreens pharmacy and did it in the bathroom. <laughs> oh wow! So and it was positive. And yeah, yeah. Huh. So I'm trying um, to picture that moment when you came out to tell me, <laughs> like running out, like oh no, I think <laughs> I tried to hide it for a minute, which is so hard. I'm horrible at that. I think I was probably like, you're an actor. Oh, get in the car. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> and then I just started smiling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was that. Well, he knows your body. Yeah. Better than you. Yeah. It's, well, no, huh. maybe. I don't know. Maybe parts, my, my boobs. Parts, <laughs> parts yeah. <laughs> Some parts. Um, well, so that's, I mean, I guess you were excited. Did Did you immediately wonder how that would affect work? Reading totally not my, thir- my thirst, first thought. You're planning anyway. I can't speak because I'm pregnant now. I've lost, I know. I've lost all ability. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> um, I, a little bit, but I also so Ginny Ginny Goodwin, who yeah. you just mentioned in our earlier section, um, who was on the show with me, uh, had just not not just, but she had had her pregnant her first pregnancy and her son uh, during filming too, and I'd seen that, and I knew it's that doable. this it was it was also like optimal time to be able to be pregnant while you're working oh yeah i mean you know it's you, you it's very rare to be able to especially now things have changed it used to be different they used to kind of hire people when they were pregnant now it's very hard to actually acquire a new job is that because pregnant. of liability or it's, something it's yeah it's a full-on liability I thing which i i understand yeah because i would but, think from discrimination it would go the other way people are like a little more touchy about it yeah, but think about, you know, if something, if you were to go into really early labor or something goes wrong, yeah. then your entire production is... It comes to a screen yeah. yeah. So, you know, to be able to work through it was amazing. Um, That's cool. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just was excited. And it was it was more, it's just that time, which I'm sure is for everyone, of wanting to tell everyone right away, but obviously not. So waiting until, you know, the sort of 
quote-unquote safe time of 12 weeks comes up. How did it feel compared to what you thought it would be like, pregnancy? I don't know. I never really, I, I never really thought how I would physically feel. I mean, I, I wanted to, going back, I wanted to have a child since I was like six years old, earliest oh, really? memories. I used to write a journal every day and I have it written down in super early journals. Of, you have you know. no younger siblings. Do you Mm-mm. think, it, like, did it come from there? Or I don't know. Or no? I never really felt like I missed out, though, having no, I don't know. Did you like the, the changes of pregnancy on your body? I did, yeah. And, and because, though, of, also just because I've always wanted to be a mom. Like, I love what I do for a job. I love a lot of things about my life. But I knew I'd always wanted to be a mom from the get-go. So um, whatever came with it kind of thing was fine mm-hmm. and wonderful. And I I had a pretty pretty good pregnancy. I was a little nauseous for, you know, I don't know. Few weeks, a month, maybe. Well, there was maybe. that moment at the lodge. There was the moment <laughs> at the lodge, the shining lodge. But um, yeah, I probably only threw up. I don't even think I threw up another time. Maybe one other time, hmm. but I felt pretty nauseous for a few weeks. Yeah, like I just because I wasn't throwing up didn't mean I didn't feel like it. So that was, and it was working. Mm-hmm. So I'd be in the bathroom in my trailer and be like, um, it's time to go. No <laughs> one's knowing. They're probably thinking, um, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Just being Give you a little lame. Space. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but uh, that was a big relief to be able to tell people. They're like, oh, that's why you've been really slow getting out of your trailer. <laughs> yeah. You're not being like a, a diva suddenly. You're feeling like throwing up. Um, but I really didn't have any major aches and pains or um, anything what? to complain about too much the first time at all, really. I mean, a little bit of like restless leg syndrome, mm, that's which uncomfortable. that kind of sucks, especially yeah. when you're trying to sleep. But magnesium helped that, so well, I started good. taking that a lot. Um, and I mean, like a little bit of back pain, but nothing too crazy. And just I, I'm, I'm not a, a weight gainer when I'm pregnant. Like it's all just the baby belly. Yeah, you know, it looks fake. So it looks like the lost. It's a, li- bump. it's a little hard, little hard, little lump. It it looks actually a little less real than the one from Lost. That one I used to think was a little too big. We used to always joke about how many are really in there. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily, Uh, they had the baby come out, and it was quite big. Yeah. It was like, she she makes big babies. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so I I physically was great, and luckily for them, it worked too. So you could put, like, a little coat on me, and you shoot me from behind or, you know, belly up. You can't really tell. You can't tell that you're pregnant. Just a lot of upper body shots. Exactly. When did you start thinking about birth? Like active, I mean, from the get-go, and I've always just sort of thought not too intensely about it, but just, oh, I'll be going to the hospital, mm-hmm. you know. I I kind of figured that hospitals would have been like they are in Australia. How is that? Honestly, which is a lot of them have a birth center in the hospital. Oh, so like more of a natural birthing center. Yeah, but, but it's in the, in the hospital. So you're going building. to the hospital, but it's... um. You would only you would only transfer into a, a different kind of room with all the you know doctor stuff and mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so eloquent. Uh, <laughs> it's if, if there was something that needed addressing, or afterwards if the baby needed help or something. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't think it's every hospital there, but you know a lot of them. My mom had me in one of those. Anyway, so I kind of thought that, and then the closer I got, I guess I thought about it a little more. I was going to birth it. Um, 
at Cedars here, mm-hmm. and you know, went there, and I don't, I don't have like a fear of hospitals, but they're also not my happy place. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh, there's people. infections everywhere. <laughs> you know, that would be my thing. If yeah. like, oh, I have to walk the baby through. I think people what? sometimes feel safe giving birth. They're medically safe, but well, I, very few people. It's their happy place. I know that's the thing, <laughs> and that, that was the struggle I had. So I'm like, yeah. okay, you've obviously got every medical intervention intervention at your fingertips, right? Fantastic, but. I also don't want to be pushed into something that I don't need. Pushed is a funner way to put it. Yes, I know. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. Yeah. Um, which I don't know because I didn't know how I was going to feel. You know, I mm-hmm. wanted to have a natural birth. I wanted to have a, a natural vaginal birth. I didn't. I didn't plan on having a, you know, a C-section or an epidural or anything. Oh, so but for you, because natural means different things for different people. You just mean unmedicated yeah. vaginal. Just, yeah. I'll go into labor and push my kid out. Yes. So that was what I, I wanted to do, and. Um, I don't know, when I, I finished working uh, up in Vancouver when I was about 30, 33 weeks, 34 weeks. Oh, like 33? close to the end. 33, I think, something like that. Yeah, and um, and was done working, right? So I came back down to LA and just kind of thought about it more and thought about, well, hang on, why, if everything's good at this point, there's nothing wrong. My baby's head down. I mean, everything seems, you know, on track. Yeah. Why am I going to a hospital? And what led me to start thinking about that was watching the business of being born. Oh, of course. Like she gets everybody of that course. rookie leg. She gets everyone. Damn yeah, Maybe rookie. I could just give birth in my bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not moving. Yeah. So I flipped. I watched it and thought I could give birth in a bathtub. That's yeah. how con- convincing it, it has is. It has not happened yet, but, you oh. know. Yeah, I don't We're really waiting. fit We're in my waiting. bathtub. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> so that kind of no, it really just got me questioning why why not do this, you know, at a birth center or at home. And so I started looking into all of my options. I had a few, I don't know, nothing major against birthing at home, but I felt more comfortable. Um, I had a really great where we were living at the time a really great birth center very close by mm-hmm. so i'm like oh this is kind of the best of both worlds i feel a little bit safer than being at home right by the hospital like right by a hospital there as well as a backup yeah and just felt i don't know also just like silly things of like oh i don't want to have to clean up afterwards a lot of people say that you, you know, know even though that. you know now i know the midwives they do, do that for you, you and yeah. everything but you know <laughs> like not knowing though and just thinking maybe it would be nice because it's so close to just go in and just come quick trip home yeah um and you know not around the animals and stuff and blah blah at your house yeah no, maybe, no maybe a better better bathtub i don't know they do have an amazing bathtub they do so that was that was the that became the plan i flipped everything really late on yeah like 34, 34 weeks. yeah it's like the latest that they'll even take yeah you. they were like well yeah. literally yeah they're like yeah. well we can just take you so yeah. kind of crammed in you know acquainting myself with all the midwives and got myself a doula and um just yeah. How'd your labor start? Um, on her due date. Wow, that's pretty. <laughs> yeah, uh, rare. and <laughs> it started pretty pretty abruptly, I guess. Kind of early, early morning, like one a.m., two a.m. And it was. I thought, oh, this is what they're going to be like. This is what the contractions are going to be like. I I have this. This, feels, <laughs> this is great. Like it, you know, it doesn't. It it's painful, but. I got it. So wow, doable. this is so cool. Yeah. I'm, this is happening. This is great. Everything's good. Calling the doula. She's like, well, you know, I'm not coming right yet, but, you know, 
come in a little bit and so just kind of kept in touch with her and then it just switched to the most agonizing pain I've ever had in my life How which far I into found it? um probably about not too long probably like a couple of hours into it and still not be like 3 hours no that was when I'm like you need to come because no. it was okay. it it um I didn't know then, but long story short, was in back labor for probably about eight hours after wow. that. So you were feeling that <clears throat> intensity more in your back than in the front? Oh, nothing in the front at all. It was all, all in it your was back. It was just 100% oh. felt like my back like was, was going to snap in yeah, half. Oh, yeah, that's what people say with back it's labor. It's just, just never, and, and never, I don't know if it would be any different if I had, but never have ever had any kind of back issues or like there's nothing I could relate it to. Just wow. like, And I didn't really know and neither did my doula really either. You can't, I mean, to be for sure that that's what is happening, I guess, right away. I thought, oh, my God, this is just, you know, I thought it kind of, I don't know, it made me feel a little upset with myself for a minute before I realized that it was back labor of, like, Mm -hmm. I thought it was so much stronger (laughs) and that I could do this. But then, so... Obviously, but that's not the typical labor sensation or right. So, and I was still anyway. um, Whatever, eight nine hours later, I was still just one centimeter. Oh wow! You went to the birth center. I I finally was able to go and get checked. Well, that was the other thing. I had um, my midwife who was on call was on call with someone else. Oh, and so I was trying to figure out, you know, where you know where do we meet? What do we do? And anyway, I finally got to see her, and she's like, "You're still one centimeter." No, oh. and she suggested that I. She's like, "Your body's going to give up at this point." You know, it's you know. You were still re- having back labor. Yeah, it was then. still full on. That was the worst car ride of my life. Even though it was close, that was just. I thought I was going to jump out of the car every traffic light and just uh-huh. labor on the side of the road. Um, but no, she suggested going to the hospital and going with my backup doctor. And getting an epidural because there was nothing she could do. Yeah. So that's what I did. And my backup doctor was the most wonderful man in the world who I want him to adopt me, Dr. Wu. He was just retired. I know. I'm very upset at him mm-hmm. for just retiring. You're not the only one. He has a fan, <gasps> fan no. club. Of- it's, he was literally the first person I thought of when I got pregnant this time. Oh. I'm like, Dr. Wu, I've got to make sure he's still delivering. Oh, you didn't know he had retired? <laughs> no, because oh. Vera was, my daughter was, I guess, in his last year yeah. of delivering. Yeah, he just stopped a year ago. Yeah. Um, so, um, I mean, he's in his 80s. I know, so, I know, but he's so good and he cares so much. And yeah, he's all uh, love letters to Dr. Wu. That'll be my new book. Um, my first book, <laughs> <laughs> my only book. How, um, how did the birth <clears throat> finish off? Um, it well, he was he's just amazing and he was able to let me have a full on vaginal birth. He just had to. He just had to turn her a little bit and open me, and he did everything he could. When you say to that, keep. you mean with his hands? Yeah, yeah. He's he did everything like manually and just let me have the birth that I wanted. I mean, you know, minus the epidural and minus the hospital, but at the same time, you can plan. And this was always kind of my feeling, even though I I do want to be in control of, especially something like your birth. Mm-hmm. You can't, you know, and that's that's just life, and you've got to go with whatever makes the most sense and the. Mm-hmm. healthiest and the safest for your baby and for you and you know couldn't agree more so. after supporting so many people through pregnancy and birth 
um, it just became abundantly clear to me that if you have a birth plan, it has to be comprehensive. This page one is like, this is my ideal. This is what I'd like it to be like if I can pick any kind of birth I want. And that's like the most natural birth you could want for yourself. Maybe it's uh, out in the strawberry field with nobody around you. Maybe it's at home with a midwife or at home with an obstetrician, which happens to be a choice here in L.A. Or at a hospital with a midwife. Maybe it's medicated or unmedicated or vaginal or cesarean. It doesn't matter. It's not our birth plan. It's your birth plan. But that's page one. There always has yeah. to be a flowchart of like, but if this happens or that happens. Exactly. And I think the danger, which I didn't get into, and I'm glad I didn't, maybe if I'd had longer and I'd been planning like a birth plan that was not just going to the hospital mm-hmm. earlier on, I think I could have been in danger of that, of falling in love with a specific situation and mm-hmm. then freaking out if it didn't happen. Yeah. Do you know I what I mean? I see that a lot. Yeah. Because as much as you can have an idea, I think that's beautiful and wonderful, but I also knowing myself, I kind of don't want to do that. And I haven't actively done that this time for that reason, because I don't want to be upset if it doesn't happen. I want to just let things happen, you know, like pick your location, that kind of (laughs) helps. But, you know, and the people you want around you. But even that, like your doctor or your midwife, something could happen, you know, then there might have to be someone else on call. Absolutely. So I think it's just being open to looking for alts if you need them, looking for backup, making sure you have a backup plan is probably the most important thing that you're happy with. It's the flow chart. You have to think through all the steps, ideally, and have have a plan that you're comfortable with each step of the way. So now you're getting close to giving birth again. I am. I don't have to. Flash forward. Dr. Wu has retired. (laughs) Um, What's your plan? Uh, It's not okay. (laughs) What's your plan this time around? My plan this time, well, we just moved. My plan initially was to to to, to try and um, do the same birth center that I was initially planning to have Vera at, but and so I started my my appointments with them, and then we we moved, like physically moved house uh, to a totally different part of town, and that just didn't make sense, in my opinion. So uh, I spoke with this guy, Elliot Berlin. Oh. Oh wait! Don't believe anything he says. <laughs> no, we we had we had a really good chat about you know home birth and um because I I was so set on a birth center because it was my it was like my plan that was my sort of plan one and then a hospital backup right mm-hmm. with unfortunately not Doctor Wu but <laughs> with someone who's I'm sure just as awesome but um I then um really opened my mind to that because the pros just seem to really outweigh other options. And um, I'm really excited about, you know, planning to do it at home. But Mm -hmm. again, being open to the olds, open to having, you know, a great backup doctor that in case, which God, knock on wood, and I am going to knock on the table even though you told me not to, (laughs) knock on wood that I'm not in back labor again, um, that I, you know, therefore not needing or desiring at all have any kind of epidural. Did you find out so, last time if the baby was sitting on, on your spine? Like, was the baby's skull against your, your spine and sacrum? Because, I mean, oftentimes it's what causes back labor. Yeah, yeah, she was because he had to turn her a little bit. But no, it wasn't that much. It wasn't a full, it wasn't a full turn. Hmm. Um, but by that time, because you, how long had you had the epidural for? Before she came, probably not that long. Couple of maybe 
No, it probably was like three hours. Yeah, so it could be she yeah. already started yeah. to rotate. Because I had to uh, go from one centimeter. I was just not dilating. Cause oh, she, was just not, she was not pressing on my cervix at all. Yeah. How quick did the so, uh, epidural kick in for you? Pretty pretty fast. That's it's, that's a weird thing. It was wonderful. And, I mean, I see why they are such a wonderful, you know, thing for people. I, I probably would not have been able to, um, let's just say, if I had a different doctor and a different hospital and a different situation, I probably would have been a very easy candidate to be swayed to have a C-section, which was my, like, unless the baby was in distress, unless something was horrible, there was no way I wanted to have a C-section. No desire. I mean, of course, if it's what you have to do, you have to do it. Sure. Um, so I um, I think they're great for that. I mean, I feel like I missed out a little bit because as much as – not that I enjoyed the back labor, but, you know, you, you go from feeling, even though it's a different feeling to what, you know, actual delivery would be, um, it's just gone, mm-hmm. you know. And, I mean, I did everything I could to try and be as – is present, you know, eyes holding her head, and I had a mirror. I'm like, make sure. I'm like, kept yelling at people, make sure the mirror's right there. Oh, to watch her come out? To watch her, yeah. And Were you able to reach down and help guide her? Yeah, oh, yeah. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Are you, um, for home birth, are you thinking water or land? I'm hoping <laughs> land or water. I see your only <laughs> options really out there. Yeah. Air. I was yeah, thinking floating in air. Oh. Acrobatics. <laughs> You do have that ballet background. I do. With the, uh, huh. gymnastics. My trapeze has been ordered. <laughs> um, water would be cool. I mean, that's that's the plan. Get you know. When you were labor with the back breaking labor the first time that you described, had you gotten into a, a bath? Yeah. And was that not helpful? I was doing. I was doing literally everything. Nothing helped. I was my my dual. I said, look, I will do anything. I was. Uh, I was. We had a, a lot of stairs at the house up and down the stairs I was doing inversions I was upside down I was in the bath I was using a we're unpacking my breast pump and using that to try and oh, stimulate stim- yeah. more contractions well I'm like on the toilet or I mean I was literally doing sounds like a busy day it was it was busy <laughs> oh yeah. I have a question eating trying to eat if that would eat literally anything I have so many more questions is Vera going to come to the birth well, she'll yeah. I mean, the plan is for her to be. Your house. Yeah, <laughs> she 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 lo- she does still live with us. So she does. Yeah, yeah she hasn't moved out yet. Have you? My, done... And my mom hopefully will be out from Australia. Oh, that's nice. The plan is, there is a to have her this time as well, or no doula? I'm still deciding. Mm. I'm still. I'm still. Not that deciding. much time left. No, I know. <laughs> I know. Mm. I know. I don't know. I really. Don't, I don't know. Hmm. Not. I. I loved having a doula. It's not that I didn't enjoy the experience either. I just. I don't know. I don't know what it is. There's something about it I'm just unsure about. How did you find out you were pregnant this time? I'm all over the My place. daughter told me. Are you serious? Yeah. She said, Mom, your boobs look way different. No, she didn't. <laughs> no, no. I no. just stopped breastfeeding at the time. Although now she wants my boobs again, so there's a whole other thing. Mm. Um, but uh, no, she, we were, I don't know, we were just playing with our tummies, like, I don't know, doing raspberries or something. And she's like, there's a baby in there. I'm like, wow. ha, ha, ha. I'm like, there's a baby in yours. And she's like, no. <laughs> she's like, like, there's no, a baby Mom, in daddy's. No. And she's like, no, no, Mom, there's a baby in yours. I was like, oh, oh, oh. Because we were not not trying, uh-huh. but we weren't like, you know. Yeah. Oh, I'm ovulating. It wasn't on your mind. It was the, it was the time that we were, we were, you know, thinking of having another kid, for yeah. sure. Because Vera's two and a half now, and that was sort of, you know, within that year, right? was in our mind kind of a good time but um no but it, it totally uh explained why i was a super cranky 
Emily for like the the two months prior to that because I was I was nearly eight weeks. Wow. Which doesn't sound like much, but it's fine. No, I mean, I found for, out. To find with, out then yeah. today, most people find out. Oh, five. Well, I really found out quick. with Vera like five weeks. Yeah. 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 So. So do you wear nauseous and throwing? You were cranky. I was just cr- really cranky. The, I was the same with her. I was the first, the first sort of 10 weeks. Um, incredibly. Say, let's say the first three months. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just incredibly um, irritable and cranky and. Um, impatient and it just lit. it's kind of all the opposites of what i know but it, the it emily just, i know oh that's nice truth um but it just it just lifted and it's the same with her it just lifted literally the next morning whatever three months in just lifted and i felt back to normal and it hasn't come back that feeling but um she also told me what i was having she did yeah because i just thought oh of course i'm gonna have another girl i just i mean I I had in my head that I'd always have a daughter, which I do, but I don't know. I just didn't think I'd have a boy. And so I just automatically was like, oh, there's a little girl in there. Is and she... she'd be like, oh, little girl. No, mommy, it's a little boy. Wow. For for like a couple of weeks because, you know, you have to wait for, what, 10 weeks to do that um, first big panel where they can tell you. The gender. Yeah. Do, do they um... – does she ever talk about like um, numbers, like five numbers and a and a Powerball number? Because <laughs> she is pretty intuitive. She is. And We're starting up the um, the, the clairvoyant workshops <laughs> with Vera. <laughs> she can do like her own little, you know, online. Um, all right, I do have a question though. What uh, comfort measures? Because you know you're gonna plan to labor and give birth at home. What comfort measures do you have in mind for your home birth for labor? Water is a big one because you know you were asking if I if I labored it all in water and I did and that that did feel the best for sure even with even with back labor um, I didn't have a terribly comfortable tub mm-hmm. some of those like really cool like you know nineteen fifteen oh like tubs. the tub that's built into your place you yeah didn't have, like, yeah a no I tub. didn't have no with my first no, no. I didn't have because you were that, that would have been the center, to go to the birth yeah. center. so no I I would like to ideally fill up the birthing tub like earlier on yeah sure and i also have a pool Mm -hmm. i mean you don't want to go in after your water is broken but prior to that yeah um as long as i can tell when it's breaking if you're in water that's interesting i mean i don't know if i'm gonna be able to tell while you're in water that your water yeah i asked my midwife that and she said she thinks i think you'll know yeah because i see people laboring in water in the birth tub and they usually know when their water breaks yeah so. I think you'll know. I've been to a couple of home births where Mama was just uh, swimming around or moving around in water. Yeah, and in, in their pool, wa- in their pool. Yeah, well, that's so that's kind oh, of the plan. One of them, so beautiful, like at the top of the Hollywood Hills on this totally dark night with a full moon. Oh, and she was just laboring out there. That's pretty incredible vision. Still, um, image really in pretty. my mind. Yeah. So water, any other uh, water and just. Just peace. I mean, really, do you there's. Hmm? Do you meditate? I don't. I don't know. I guess I kind of do my own form, but not 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 technical medi- meditation. No, I just I just want to feel. I just want to. That's why I do like the idea of home right now. You know, I it's just your, that is your comfy spot. Yeah, it can't, yeah, and you know, I I like the idea of, you know, Vera being there and my mom being there and it just being, you know, simple. Simplifying for me, just for Emily in general, regardless of birth, is always a good thing. 
So trying to not overthink things and trying to not overplan things too much. Um, you know, I think having massage really helped me through even through the back labor a lot. From your doula? From my doula, mm. yeah, and from my fiance. Just, um, you know, that was just something that really helped I mean, that mentally tends, probably more back labor, that tends to be, I think that tends to be one of the most helpful tools yeah. because that sacrum is getting pushed so it's hard so back tight. and you feel like it's going to break and a little counter pressure, a little massage around mm-hmm. it can go a long way unless you're too sensitive to be touched. Just oh. that and just being peaceful and just, you know, we have, we have dogs, take, take them to the daycare so that it's just, I don't want to hear barking dogs. Yeah. Sometimes they <laughs> freak out while you're in labor too. Yeah, or if there's yeah, just if there's noises they get or anxious. different people. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's just Jewish dogs. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> and beagles. No, they just I just don't want to hear dogs howling. Aside from the fact that you don't like sponges in America, what is that not true? That what you don't like our sponges. I don't like your sponges. Like in the kitchen, our little scouring scrubby. I don't. Things? I don't dislike them. You don't? No, I mean they're mm. not quite as a. Abrasive as the Aussie See, ones. I knew you were is critical. That, is, that, is that the common criticism yeah. of the American sponges? Yeah, the Aussie sponges are, are better at getting grime off the pots. Ah, maybe that's why. Every time my mom comes out, she always brings me She brings, she brings me sponges. Yeah. She's probably like, oh, God, I can't. I'm not going to clean up the kitchen without my when sponges. When she comes, is she? Oh, she's coming. Yeah. She's not she's, here yet. No, no. She's she's going to. Can I order ideally, caramel koalas? She, <laughs> I mean, that's. <laughs> I forgot I, I, I will ask I will her. come rub your back for a Only few minutes if, if I can get for some. For how many bags? Yeah, whatever. Just oh, even okay. a handful. It's just the first bite. <laughs> well, we've done it. Oh. Anything else that I didn't ask that you're like, huh, ah, you should ask this? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there's so many things. You asked you ask really good questions. I, get, I feel I mean, lucky. I get to chat with you all the time. and and well, I that's, love... the, that's the thing, though. It's funny because we do, we do talk a lot. Yeah. Not on this. So it's like, what did we talk about that was not on this? Yeah. No, <laughs> it's remember. just, I love chatting with you. I love your perspective. I think you have this great energy and and um, it's inspiring. Like you're just naturally come off very positive and you're just like, I think a lot of people, what I see after the birth that you had the first time when it, when you, you described it as this ba- incredible back-breaking labor pain that you, was intolerable. And you're like, yep, I'm going to try it again. <laughs> you know, I like that you get up and... And you're like, oh, I, I feel like I missed out on something. I want to give it another try. Different setting, different baby. Let's yeah. see how it goes. And it's interesting, though, because it's given me to – I mentioned this to you actually last week. Part of me is like, oh, God, do I want a hospital birth again? Because that's what I did. Mm-hmm. And it hadn't even popped into my head until like last week. I'm like, oh, God, maybe I want that because, you know, that's all I've ever experienced. Not that it was, you know, what I quote unquote wanted, but it worked out. And she was healthy and everything was fine. So I don't know. I guess in a good way, that experience has opened me up to being open (laughs) to whatever will happen as opposed to having some sort of perfect, you know, pop into the birth center, easy car ride, pop baby out in an hour and then have a problem a second time. I guess I'm glad in hindsight that I went through a little bit of something that, you know, jogged the the plan so to speak and turned it on its head in a positive way yeah and you you know you still have that right you still have a birth plan that's comprehensive your your vision your plan a the way you want it to go down now is ideally that you'll go into labor 
Hop in a tub and have your baby at home. Have um, baby at home. But and you then still have then... plans in case you need to. Yeah. For any reason, switch over care to a doctor. Yeah, and you know, I mean, who knows? I, I, something may need to change in the next few weeks because maybe something is like, oh, I mean, I don't know. I'm have he because he, he's a boy. He's head down and he seems to be great. But, you know, I guess you never know. So. Well, I will say this. Perhaps because now we're all curious about how it's gonna go. <laughs> Hopefully, you'll come back afterwards and share the new story. Yeah, are you kidding? I would love to. Amazing. I would love to with more and with more chocolates and. Yes. Okay. Well, they're gonna force feed you Vegemite. Oh, right? you know, well, only, you're only allowed to have the caramel like, koalas if you eat Vegemite. I'll, I like rosy cheeks, so who knows? see. Um, Emily, thanks a million for being here. What? Um, what? You mentioned this Instagram thing. Well, how do we find you on there? You can find me. So it's my name. So Emily. But you spell it funny. E M I. Okay. So it's E M. Yeah. E M I. It's not funny. It's French. You saw it Frenchy. <laughs> it's Emily. E M I L I E. Then D E. And then there's an underscore R A V I N. And I have the little blue tick because there's a lot of people that. There's a lot of fake Emily Dravins. Yeah. It's a lot of. I was just looking at them right now, and they use your face, so it's. Anyway, the little blue tick helps. That seems to be wrong. Um, <laughs> thanks again. I really appreciate your being here and sharing your story. Oh, are you kidding? Anytime. I loved it. At home, thanks for listening to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. If you have a topic you'd like us to discuss or uh, someone from TV you'd like us to badger, send your suggestions to info at informedpregnancy.com. And visit us online for lots more pregnancy and parenting media at informedpregnancy.com. This episode is sponsored by an innovative product that's made a big difference for parents and babies alike, Dr. Mom Butt Bomb. As a parent of four, I've had my fair share of battles with diaper rash, often resorting to thick, unpleasant pastes. I only recently discovered Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, and I was immediately impressed by its pleasant consistency and ease of application. This pediatric-approved skin protectant is free from dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, making it perfect for your baby's sensitive skin. It's designed by a doctor who's also a mom, ensuring your little one gets the gentlest care. A small dab is all it takes to soothe and protect, avoiding the mess and hassle of traditional treatments. With ingredients like dimethicone and petrolatum, Dr. Mom Butt Bomb not only soothes, but also restores your baby's delicate skin. Available on Amazon.com and Walmart.com, it's the smart choice for every parent wanting to keep diaper rash at bay. Remember, with Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, nothing comes between you and your baby. Not even diaper rash.